Hey everyone! Hello, hello! And welcome to our 11th episode of My, My Dish, Dish Dish! Oh, congrats everyone, you've hit number 11. Up over the first ridge. Yes, yes. <laughs> it only gets better from here. It does. It's like the very beginning of roller coaster where you go over the first little guy and now we're ready for the big... The big, the big, the, the big reveal. The, the big, big reveal. 25. Yes. Yes, and so we are shocked internally that we've made it this far. Yes. Um, <laughs> high five. High five. High five. First of all, we did one, and then we we're like, oh, 10, and now that we're at 11, we have committed to another 15 for season one. So our full season one is going to be 25 episodes. The 25th episode being about silver. Yes. Because silver is the 25th the uh, anniversary. It makes sense. Right? So we're going to do some little vignettes around silver at 25, but we he are here with one of our very good friends to celebrate episode, to celebrate and record episode 11. And who is here? Who is Megan? here? Megan. <gasps> It's Megan Holder. Hey, Say hello to Megan Holder. Megan Holder. So she also is a longtime listener, first time guest. <laughs> and Megan came to us, well, we've known Megan for oh, five or six years. Yeah. Yeah. At least five that or six long, years. Yeah. Um, through a great organization that, you know, helps people become better leaders in Atlanta called Lead Atlanta. <laughs> and so um, we all met. Girl. Yes, we all met through this leadership program. I believe Megan was helping with day or was so, it? So um, y'all's class year, I was the year before, I may have been running the bar at opening retreat. You were. You did a great job because so, I don't remember it. Exactly. Megan made fast friends. Yes. 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 But Will and Megan and I all live in town Atlanta and we run in similar circles. And mm-hmm. so over the years we... We sort of run into each other at, at, at events. Parties, yes. And then Megan and Will are also in the architecture building space. Yes. yes. The true. Urban Land Institute. So yeah. we talked a lot about yeah. that. Yeah. So Megan's gone through the Urban Land Institute uh, Center for Leadership program, and I'm in it right now. Um, and so it's just kind of neat to be a leader in a different venue than just a total leader, you know, now that's in the built environment. Yeah, so Megan came to my dishes via social media. She liked one of the posts that we put up, and I saw that she liked it and immediately thought, of course Megan Holder likes dishes. <laughs> She's, oh, my God. What do we call them? she does. She's a disher. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Holder's a disher. I don't know. I can't <laughs> Welcome, that. dishers. Welcome. Folks, if you have something that you'd like to call yourself, if you're a follower, like dishers or well-wishers, wisher-dishers, whatever, hey, send us an email at will at mydishdish.com. Guys, please don't. Just <laughs> so. Anyway, so this was on... Saturday. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Four days later, Megan's sitting here at the table with us. So this, she's probably been our fastest guest. Yes. Um, yes. And, and she was ready because <laughs> she has... She was born ready. She was born ready. <laughs> so Megan has five different china patterns in her... Five, right? Yes. Five full sets, Will. Five please. full sets. And, and how yeah. do you define a full set? Uh, Twelve is their number. Twelve, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. If you have less than twelve, you are nothing. That's right. No, eight. we still we will love take you. Eight. We, we will, will take, take eight. eight. We'll take eight, but what are you going to do for those four other people? That show up. You know, you, you need to sh- share the love. Yeah. You have, like, few friends. So, yeah. Megan, mm-hmm. um, awesome. Welcome. Thank welcome. you. We are so yes. excited to have we you. We are as so I've, excited. As I've said multiple times to everyone I know in my life and to you guys 17 times since I've been here, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> uh, minus that one time with her husband. No, <laughs> it's, it's still a good day. Danimal, you are here in spirit. So, Megan, you're here. Mm -hmm. You brought a dish, a pattern. Mm -hmm. What is it? 
All right, so we have the Malay Blossom Wheel Wear, and I'm going to let Mackenzie talk more about that in a bit, but this is a set of dishes that is from my paternal grandmother, Iris Nell Simmons Holder, who I affectionately call Mama, and this is my, my dad's mother, and it's her pattern. Wonderful, and um, it's based out of, I believe, California. Yeah, it's a West Coast piece. Um, Megan's very Southwest, West Coast, so mm-hmm. it doesn't, yeah. doesn't surprise me. I was, when she walked in, I was like, yeah, of course your dishes are from California. You're yeah. from this like long line of yeah, We're like Texas, like, Texas strong ladies. people. Texas yeah. strong, good. Yeah. And yeah. so we were able to enjoy a lovely dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we sort of themed it out. We um, serendipitously got delivered enchiladas from Blitz Kitchen this week. It was their special of the week. So I called Will and I said, I'll just heat that sucker right up through some yeah. salsa on there. It's beef enchiladas. And um, Will but added. What's, but what went through your head, Mackenzie, about why we went Tex Mex style? We went Tex Mex style in honor of. Megan Holder! I'm a native Texan, and everyone who knows me, I think, knows that about me. Normally, if I wasn't wearing such loud earrings right now, which you can't see... We will take a picture of those. uh, ...on the podcast, but I typically always wear a little tiny Texas drop necklace, um, because no matter where I am or how far I go, Texas is always home. Yeah. Awesome. So that's why we did a little homage dinner Mm -hmm. to Megan and from being from Texas. So like Mackenzie said, we had this awesome beef enchiladas with a nice salsa topping. And then I added to it with a cilantro kale lemon salad, which is just an easy recipe, ladies and gentlemen, olive oil, lemon, um, and you dice up whatever fruit or vegetable you want, like a, to- a, a yellow tomato, and a, I did a, also an orange pepper, and then massage the kale with the olive oil, a little bit of salt, and the lemon, and then toss with the rest of the vegetables. I also did a quick, nice little avocado. I, I made not necessarily it salsa. It was guacamole. It was guacamole. Yeah. It was more of a guacamole yes. consistency. So yeah. it was just fresh. Says, says the Texan. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it was and guacamole. Was, yeah, and when I walked in, Will was massaging the kale. And they said we're having enchiladas, which I was excited about. But as a Texas girl, I'm a major judge of enchiladas. Like, some are absolute garbage. These are fantastic. Nice. So these came from our friend Anna Blitz, who has a uh, prepared food delivery service. And that happened to be her special of the week. So I ordered them before we knew... um, Megan was coming. So again, it was it all came together very nicely. Yes. yes. Yeah. One might say the dishes were stacked in our favor. Oh, oh yes. You guys, I hope was that's that only pun one for yes, dishes. Only of the pun, night. Yes, only pun. Yes. We're just getting into it. Excellent. So, the puns can stay. Yes. <laughs> so, again, we just did a nice enchiladas with the kale salad and um, oh, also on top of that kale salad. I did fried plantains. That so changed good. my life. So yeah, good. Ladies and gentlemen, you just need ripe plantains, dice them in pretty thick slices, and throw them in some heated <sighs> olive oil, and let the so sugars good. crystallize, and you are in for a sweet treat on top of whatever you want to put them with. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It is time for a double whammy of our... 30-second challenge! Yeah. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you are not aware of what we do in our 30-second challenge, one of us, Mackenzie or me, will be challenged to describe the plate that our guest has brought. So, we 
I mean, Mackenzie, will be <laughs> describing the plate this time. And we actually have a fun little after thing we're going to do. So we'll let that uh, come to fruition after Mackenzie describes this amazing plate. So Megan brought so many, so Megan brought beautiful plates, but she brought so many of the accoutrements that her mama? Yes, mama. Was. Mm-hmm. That her mamma collected over the years that we're going to describe. The, I'm going to describe the plate, and then we're going to pass it over to Megan to talk about the little pieces that she brought because they're so freaking cool. Um, All right. And so, so whenever you're ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. In three, two, one, go. I have in front of me a square-shaped plate, celadon color, which is, uh, it's called celadon. It's sort of light mint, and it is totally the the... The plate is totally the color with almost looks like a hand painted um, Malay blossom. So it looks like a cherry blossom esque sort of reedy. Um, and then the flower is white, and there's little um, dots in the middle of the flower that are raised so you can sort of Three, rub your finger on them. Two, the really cool part one. is on the back, the stamp, the wheel wear stamp has a really cool donkey on the back. <laughs> that's my favorite part. All right, so that's that's just the big dinner plate. Well, I, before we throw it to Megan to do another 30-second description of all the stuff that she brought, I find it fascinating that our last guest brought a square plate. Yes, and we talked about the history of that square plate potentially originating in California, and Megan's plates are from California. So this yeah. adds to the evidence that square plates are from California. Yes. Like, cool people live in California via, and they eat right. Via Japan influence. And they yeah. eat, well, and yes, the flowers... Yes, especially the Malay blossom, yeah. The Malay blossoms are very Asian influenced. So we've had two... One, two different square Asian influence plates in different eras. One yeah. from the 30s, 40s, one from the 90s. present days, 90s. Yeah. All right, so Megan, I'm ready. Yeah, this is your this is this is new. So you are experiencing yes. something We've brand new. Six things and on I the table. I feel good about it. Oh, you feel good. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna hit start. Okay, and then. Whenever you're done, I'm going to tell you how long it takes for you to describe everything. Okay. So, Perfect. So right. 17 hours from now, let me know how it Next went. Thursday. Okay. We'll tell yes. <laughs> Everyone, relax and hear the voice of Megan Holder describe her, her dishes. 125-second challenge. Yes. In three, two, one, go. Excellent. So in addition to the 12-piece place setting, which includes a dinner plate, a bread plate, a salad bowl, a teacup and the saucer, my grandmother also had an extreme amount of accessory pieces. We have a butter dish, a cream and sugar, a pitcher, a salad bowl, as well as kind of an appetizer plate that you would use for like olives or cheeses, and then a large square platter that's about 13 inches by 13 inches, and they all have kind of the same detailing with the Malay blossom. And the sugar bowl! Oh, yeah, the cream and sugar bowl. Okay. Sorry, she said cream and sugar. Wow. You did amazing. You took just as long as Mackenzie did describe one dish. Megan's much more acquainted. You guys. Much better acquainted. I made She's for a little... fine China podcasts. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you will be back. Yeah. We, we hear you. Yes. It's going to be Megan Holder 1, Thank Megan you. Holder 2, I hope Megan y'all Holder love three. Megan Holder 73 as much as you love <laughs> Megan Holder 1. <laughs> get into the history yes. of this amazing Malay Blossom wheel wear celadon masterpiece of China. So, as we mentioned a couple of times, this is West Coast China through and through. 
the wheelware company existed in LA in the from between the 30s and the 60s. And what's interesting about uh, California China is there was a dearth of ceramics factories in that time, about 600 ceramics factories in Southern California. And it came from the, tr- the tile tradition out of the, um, out of the, what is it? The Padres live in, what are they called? No, no, no. The, the places, the, um, I don't know. Yes, you do. The monasteries. They're not called yeah. monasteries though. What are they called on the West coast? Oh, oh, guys, I'm sorry, I'm dying over here. I mean, it's not a question about dishes, so I don't know how to answer it. <laughs> Fair, okay. The Spanish tile tradition out of the out of Southern California, lots of ceramics factories, and we were talking about how that aligns with some of the stuff in in Wheeling, West Virginia, and sort of the Ohio River Basin about about how this time in American history, there were all of these local ceramics factories that made really cool yes. dishes, Southern California being one of those places. And the other thing, you know, we actually pulled a lot of this data, the American Museum of Ceramics in P- Pomona, California has a, um, the missions, the missions in California. Came there you go. See, I was thinking the sparrows of Capistrano. <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> no, no. yeah. Uh, I got nothing. I I'm like, like, they brewed beer, right? So the tile traditions <laughs> yeah. out of the Spanish missions came the ceramics. There we go. A plus B equals C. Yeah. And so the American Museum of Ceramics Art did a whole, a whole piece with this kind, the wheelware as, as one of their, um, featured their featured companies, and they were talking about how in the 30s, this West Coast, these West Coast ceramics really hit big because post-depression and post-war, people were really excited about the made in the USA tag, and so this American-made ceramics were some, were very popular in the, in the market, um, and California being seen as post-war as this land of opportunity, people were really excited about buying this, these this kind of work from this kind of place. Um, and I think we could maybe say that the Asian influence was, was interesting too. Oh, coming sure. out of And I think that just, you know, based on the location with California and the heavy influence from Asia that a lot of there has. Um, but yeah, I think that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were saying that the wheel stuff was made specifically in LA. And again, we do have a square plate. And so maybe this is the beginning of the, the California influenced yeah. square plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we're excited to yeah to read about the the West Coast U.S. made ceramics, and that's awesome that you know again people are utilizing the dishes to teach the history. Yeah, you know, in that absolutely yeah you know, and same with family history. So like again, we take these dishes and assign a history to them with how we eat off of them and who we interact with with them. But then there is that the, that moment when they are actually created that what is going on, why it's happening, and just the influence of, of, of the design. I, I find that so much fun to discover. Yeah. So Megan, tell us yes. how you got these. Uh, well, so as I mentioned earlier, these are my mamma's dishes. Mama. And uh, when I got over here earlier this evening and Mackenzie and Will were asking me, like, what are my memories of these dishes? And what's interesting is my memory of these dishes is actually not being allowed to eat off of these dishes. <laughs> um, you know? Yeah. Like a hand slap. Yeah. yeah. Like, you may look, but yes. you may not touch. But you may not touch. And that's because one of the things 
things. My dad always told me um, once I was the possessor of these dishes is that these were my grandmother's dishes for when she would entertain with my grandfather for his like business associates. And so growing up, I remember seeing them in a china cabinet in their living room, but that was never the dish that I ate off of. And... My mama, um, so she... Mama wasn't trying to close a deal with you. Uh, no. I knew I was her favorite. It's like, we didn't have any deals to close. I was actually, <laughs> in my dad's side of the family, the first girl born in five generations. And my dad was Damn. the oldest of four boys. And what's funny is that he and his brothers all had daughters. And, you know, so it was, wow. like, kind of a real change for them. But I think for her, like, she felt like she had to protect these because, like, oh, my gosh, the boys are absolutely going to destroy them, which they would have, (laughs) you know, um, but she actually passed away several years ago now, but had battle with dementia. And so I became the possessor of the dishes even before she passed actually, because, um, her things were divided up more so when my grandfather had passed away and they were moving out of their house. And so I became the owner of the dishes and I, was telling uh, Mackenzie and when I got here tonight, I actually had a hard time deciding which set of dishes to bring because as a, a true dish disher, an obsessive person about dishes, I have five full sets of china, but I picked these because while it's a Malay blossom, the blossom really looks like a dogwood, and so I always use these dishes around Easter, and given that Easter happens to be this coming Sunday, it felt like the right dish to bring tonight. Bravo. Talk a little bit about how your grandmother came to get these dishes and why she picked them. Yeah, so first of all, I th- in many ways, I think my grandmother was born in the wrong time, oh, no. you know, um, because she was incredibly brilliant, um, graduated from high school early at like 14, 15, married my grandfather at 19. Like she was working before she married my grandfather. They got married in 1944, right around the time that these dishes were, um, I believe, released by wheelware. And so uh, they then became hers. And like, that was one of the nicest things that they owned because it was post-depression. My grandfather had gone to college and gone to the war and was then a pilot for Axon. And so that was kind of how she came to be with the dishes. And you did mention a little earlier that Mm -hmm. these have, um, and not not a total feminine look, Mm -hmm. but you mentioned that perhaps that the why she bought these or got these was that little bit more feminine touch for her to have in her household. Yeah, for sure. So kind of talk through that, like, again, like, I I would describe the household and these dishes. um, You know, one of the things I was telling Mackenzie and Will earlier is that both my mom and my dad grew up in oil families, so they moved a lot, and that, but by the time I was born, my grandparents had retired, and so they had this house in Conroe on on the golf course, because my grandfather loved golf, Um, but she was just so her name being Iris like she hated the name Iris which is is funny you know because I think it's I think it's so beautiful and like it's my favorite flower because it's her name and they always had beautiful irises blooming in their yard but she always would like clip buds from whatever was blooming outside and have kind of a dainty feature in what was otherwise I don't want to say a masculine space but it was almost like kind of an androgynous space Mm. um and because of her dementia, which was hidden for a while, um, I don't think any of us really appreciated, even my dad and his brothers, that she was ill because my grandfather kind of helped her hide it. And uh, 
she became more introverted and reclusive. And so, um, oddly enough, like the dishes I brought tonight are not from my extroverted, super entertainment grandmother, but from my grandmother that kind of kept more to herself and kind of had a handful of like close friends as opposed to the one who was having like 40 people over for Thanksgiving, which is my Oma, who was a character in and of herself. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, is there anything else to add about the hit, the origin story? You know, so the, I think what's interesting is the origin story. I think there will always be things we don't know about it. Interesting. Um, and so for me, my grandmother was just always kind of this fascinating, kind individual. And oddly enough, I think a very different grandmother to me than some of my younger um, cousins because my dad is 18 years older than his youngest brother. So I, um, so while my cousins and I are all very close in terms of relationship, we're not close in age. And so my younger cousins really only knew my grandmother once she had dementia and Alzheimer's, whereas I had my brother and I had this grandmother that was like active and vivacious and like always wanting to go and do stuff with us. So to me, and you were the first, and I was the oldest. Um, and then my brother, who's two and a half younger than I, like we were the only grandkids for like seven years until my cousin Taylor was born, and then my brother or my cousin uh, Paul was born ten years later, and then Allison and Catherine came when I was fifteen and twenty-one. You know, so there was kind of a, a big age spread, and so to me, it's almost this glimpse into the life of my grandmother that not many of the other grandkids got to know, um, and kind of a different time and place, and I think like. Uh, the place they lived the longest was in Clear Lake, which is uh, outside of Houston. And, like, that's where my dad's memories are the fondest of growing up. And so I, I like to envision that this is where they used them the most. So do you think they walked into a department store in Texas and bought these? Is no. That, okay. So um, especially because when they got married at that point in time, they were living in the South, not in Texas yet. Okay. And um, in terms of wedding you know because she was so young when they when they got married and actually I was showing Mackenzie and Will earlier one of the rings that I wear with my wedding band is a ring that my grandfather gave my grandmother when they were before they were married you know so um I think some of it was just like but she also worked um as a a bookkeeper in the Mm. department store Mm -hmm. like that was her job Ah. and so that has so she was at the department store yes yeah wow so she kind of like oh Oh, yeah. oh, that's coming home with me. Yeah. Do you know a department store? No, and I would love to know. Um, I, I imagine it was probably um, near Jackson or like one Mid- of the Jackson, change in Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, that's one of those things that I'll never get to know but would have loved to have known. And yes. her sister, Peggy, who she adored, um, passed recently, but I feel like that's something I could have asked Peggy, you know. Uh-huh. So. Well, we'll do a little digging. See we'll if do we some digging. Yeah. What, the, what the local departments yeah. in Jackson, Mississippi were in the 40s. Yeah. All right, so we've had an amazing talk about this wonderful Malay blossom dish and knowing where it came from, how it came to you, Megan. But yeah. let's let's talk about you. How delicious enchiladas taste <laughs> oh, on yeah. it. Yummy enchiladas. <laughs> Yummy enchiladas that were on top of it, yes. But, Megan, like, you know, the dishes are one thing, but your passion right. for getting them out. I need to dig deeper into this. Yeah. So, because um, before you start, because I know you will. Oh, here we go. Megan came over in a storm of energy all 
all around these magic. dishes, folks. It was yeah. magic, it was love, and it was showing that yeah. when you come to her house, she will razzle-dazzle you with her table display yes. and sell or place cards. As I mean, the, yeah. every little thing will be in place. Yeah, I could really go on for 49 years about this, so please <laughs> stop me because I realize a podcast episode has a certain length. Um, but I was... Really excited to come and talk about this. Um, at my house, I would say dishes are genetic. Um, my mother, yes. Joni, is... Uh, if I learned anything about owning dishes that your husband doesn't want you to have, I learned it from her. Go <laughs> uh, <laughs> through, you gave us the names of the... Mo- the you gave us some really cool names earlier. Oh, okay. So, um, in terms of this, where I got the dishes from, so, like Joni. And yes. Okay. Yeah. So, Joni is my mother, and she has two full sets of china herself. Um, her wedding china and Woodland Spode, which someday when she passes at 173 and I'm 143, I hope that I <laughs> inherit those because that's like one of my dream sets of china. Um, but she also just collects tons of dishes. Um, one of the places we differ is that she um, thinks of dishes more as artwork. So she has a lot of dishes hanging on the wall at my childhood home. Uh. So my dad used to say when she would walk in with dishes, if you bring in more dishes, I'm going to take one of those dishes off the wall and I'm going to break it. And she would say, Chris, I have dishes hidden where you will never find them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start a segment called Hide My Dishes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, under your bed is a great place. Um, no, so... I think, but also, yes. But also, yes. Dan, in the right storage. In the right storage storage containers. Megan has continued the tradition of... of Yes. Yeah, so um, that kind of started my love for dishes young, and I was telling Mackenzie and Will that I got here when we were talking about first memories of, like, dishes and entertaining, that my mom was always great about including me in the process of entertaining. Like, she would have me make the name cards for the guests or fold the napkins that were go, would go on the plates, or we'd talk about which dishes we were going to use based on who was kind of coming over or what kind of occasion it was. One place we do defer on dishes, and mom, don't be too upset with me about this, is, and hopefully I become this relaxed as I age, she has now adopted, oh, if there's a lot of people and I can find a really great heavy paper plate at TJ Maxx, let's do that instead. Interesting. And, I am not there yet. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Yeah. I my my parents have gone there. Yeah. You know when family comes over, yeah. they're like paper plates are just easy to clean. I'm just like I'm like that's not a dish. That is that is that's <laughs> blasphemy. By clean, throw away. Yes. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Yes. The lowercase c clean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously Joni influenced me, and so Dan and I have two sets. Two of our five sets are sets that are ours that we came by upon our wedding. One is our everyday whites that I pair with all of my travel pottery and dishes that I buy abroad. And then we have our wedding china, which is a Vera Wang grain that's Wedgwood that is kind of a simple and elegant pattern. And then I have another set of dishes from my mom's mom, my Oma, that happens to coordinate well with my wedding china, so I could technically serve 24 and not have to stress about it. Uh, <laughs> this is Megan's biggest accomplishment to date, is to be yeah. able to serve 24 on fine china. Right, because I mean, and everyone thinks it's the same. Right, I- exactly. Um, but the and we agree with her that yes. this is like a major yes, yeah. because like you don't want to turn people away, 
And you don't want one person even on a paper you plate. You can't come in. I don't have any more dishes. <laughs> and what's sad is like that's something I would say, and not to be rude, but because it was because I couldn't like emotionally handle it. And now we're gonna veer into the ice cream dish story. Oh god! Hang on. So before we do that, so you um, said so you guys inadvertently your wedding china aligned with your mother's mother's china. Yeah, and like, cool and, and truthfully, I didn't know that because growing up, we always did Thanksgiving at my own house and there was always a lot of people there my grandmother was the fourth sister and she also had a brother and all of the families were invited at Thanksgiving and there was an adult table where they could use actual china and then there was a kids table where you know I was relegated which let's be honest that's where you want to be you don't want to talk about knee ailments and hips and stuff like that so (laughs) that is true they do like to talk about their ailments I know and so um, even still um, we still have a kids table and you would be at the kids table Mackenzie don't worry my um Cousin Paul, who's really my older brother, more like, uh, he's in his early 50s and he's still at the kids' table. <laughs> Even though we've had a lot of openings at the adult table, we're all kind of holding strong. Nice. Gotcha. Hold on to the yeah. not real china at the kids' table. Um, not at the kids' table. Um, they they knew better, you know, if we're being totally honest. Uh, so the that china was there. Uh, but then the most recent set of china that Dan and I added to the collection is his grandmother's china. So um, my mother-in-law, Margaret, her um, mom... Jean, who is like the most adorable human who's ever lived, um, passed away in May of last year. And uh, Jean had three sets of China, which when Margaret got married, she had actually said, you don't need to register for China. You can have one of mine. What Margaret couldn't have predicted was that meant you can have one of mine upon my my death. You oh, know, Because uh, I think <laughs> I think otherwise... Hold on to your hats. Here we go, people. Because um, I think otherwise Margaret would have like... Registered for China when she got married. Of course. Uh, 30 so our, years, or yeah. 40 years ago. Yeah. Our most recent set is one from Grandma Jean, and I feel like super honored that we get to have it. And it adds diversity to our China collection because it has a gold rim, Ooh. whereas some of our others are silver rimmed. So I feel like I really can, with the exception of needing a Christmas China, I feel like I have it all now. And now wow. who is it by? Um, that one I don't know because I haven't unboxed oh. it yet. Oh, oh, this is very, new, yes, new. Very oh, fresh. My. That will be episode 33, right? everyone. Well, and Megan, the unboxing. <laughs> Megan sent photos of, I think you sent Grandma Yes, Jean. yes. So photos of all three of the Grandma Chinas. And what was so neat is that they all have a relatively plain background and a very strong uh, floral, like a singular floral hand-painted decoration on it. Mm-hmm. And it across... Between your family and your husband's family and across mm-hmm. grandmothers, you yeah. have this theme of these like powerful singular flowers, and it almost it feels like it's describing like the women in your family. Oh yeah, I would I would say that that's true for sure. Um, especially my Oma, who her family is German immigrants, grew up in a farming town in Texas, and uh, what's funny is like on the farm she worked the farm, and then she and my grandfather met in a bakery. And, uh, you know, because my grandfather was able to go to college on the GI Bill, that kind of changed the trajectory of our family. And as a result, like, she then didn't have to do some of the hard work she had done in her younger years. But, man, like, she and my mama, who's China we brought here today, who's 
family really had to kind of go through the rough stuff in the depression like they're survivors you know I mean they they would do anything for their family and honestly same with Dan's side of the family with my mother-in-law Margaret and Grandma Jean I mean there's nothing you couldn't ask them for that they wouldn't do and I think they're stronger people than they even wanted to be you know so yeah. wow yeah so we'll show all three pieces that that Megan sent over so you can see the 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 strong flower the strong yes. singular <laughs> flower ladies yeah so you know as we've talked earlier and and now I'd like to bring up mm-hmm. You know, kind of your, oh, how do we say this? Your philosophy around China. So you have gotten into, you know, how it's cared for. And I kind of want to go into what what is your, again, philosophy around owning China and what type of people should have China? Um, Well, one. Should have China. One, everyone should have China. All right, folks. Are you listening? (laughs) Yes. So. Get it out of the attic. (laughs) Get it out of the attic. You should have China. um, And. In my opinion, China isn't meant just to be in a cabinet. It's meant to be used. So if Dan and I have people over for dinner, you're going to eat on real dishes. Um, It could be the nice dishes because, to me, uh, for those of you who don't know me like Mackenzie and Will do, I travel a lot for work. And so when I'm in town, that's special. And if you come to our house for dinner, that's our way of showing you love and that you're part of our family. And so um, that is, to me, just like an expression of how we care about people and welcome them into our house. And that's something that I learned from my mom and my grandmother. Like there was, there was always another seat at the table for someone should it need to be there. And I would like to think that Dan in my house is the same way. As long as it's less than 12. As long as it's less than 12 and you've told me in advance <laughs> so I can make a name card for you. Unless you're using the pattern that looks similar, then you can go up to 24. Then I can go up to 24. Gotcha. So I need so to... So it's a blend. Yeah. It's a blend. It's a blend. It's a blend. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but, um, you know, we were laughing earlier because in some ways Dan is like the arch nemesis of this China because Dan is an accountant and an auditor and so adorably practical that he thinks we need two plates, you know, one for him. Not two sets. Not two sets. Two two, plates. Two plates, one for him and one for me. (laughs) Whereas I was explaining to them that we could probably use a different dish every single night for half the year and then have to wash dishes. Um, <laughs> Although your husband's an amazing dishwasher, Yeah, apparently. and that's, I, that's one of the things that makes us uh, a perfect match is that <laughs> I don't know why we own a dishwasher because Dan cleans them so thoroughly, which is perfect for China because if you put China in a dishwasher, you're nothing but a savage. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard it here, folks. Savagery <laughs> starts with China in the dishwasher. Are you feeling guilty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. So, Megan, go back to you travel a lot for work and yeah. you collect pottery while yeah. you're out there. So there was a there's some Asia stories and there's some... There's some Appalachian stories. Yes, and and there's also some Morocco stories in there. <laughs> of course there are. Um, and honestly, Always Morocco stories. I mean, Dan panics for a lot of reasons when I travel because I'm an adventurer, an explorer, and to him, he's like, I hope she's making safe choices. When, <laughs> and like, she comes out with both kidneys. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah. like, and most people would be like, oh, I hope she doesn't get abducted. What what he means by safe choices is don't max out our credit card on dishes based on whatever <laughs> market you're in, you know? Um, so whenever I come home, he'll be like, oh, which dishes are you giving away because you brought these home? 
we are giving away zero dishes. You know, we live in town. It's not like we have a ton of space. And I was telling the guys here earlier, I have one pair of black slacks, but five full sets of China of 12. <laughs> I, I know what my priorities are, you know? The correct answer, dear, is I love you. Yeah. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. I'm glad you're home. Uh, Safely. Yeah, so I've, I've bought, uh, you know, China and pottery and a lot of these trips. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier about Fiesta Ware, and Mackenzie shared some of her stories on previous podcasts about her Fiesta Ware. Um, and one of my clients is based in Newell, West Virginia, which is the home of Fiesta Pottery. And she said to me one day when we were there having meetings, instead of having lunch, would you like to go to Fiesta? And that's when I knew we were soulmates. <laughs> and what's her name? Her right. name is Andrea Albergo. Andrea, <laughs> Andrea, I love you for always. Uh, and hey, I went, Fiesta girl. Hey, Fiesta girl. Right? And what was great, I was telling them that she was giving as uh, favors for her upcoming wedding um, a place setting to all of the guests from Fiesta. So we went to get a few more because she hadn't had enough based on RSVPs. I, of course, bought things when I was there, shipped them to myself. Dan wondered what the boxes were. I feigned ignorance until he said, they say to Megan Holder from Megan Holder. <laughs> but you um, arrived at Fiesta sale day, uh, right? Like every the piece, sale. every single yeah. piece was for sale for $1.69 a piece. I actually, in some ways, feel like a failure because I you only bought 12 bowls and three platters. <laughs> so apparently there is still a ceramics economy alive and well in West yes. Virginia. And Megan Holder is part of saving that because yes. I think she went into the company and said, you need to not only not shut down, yes. but grow. Yes. So my client, when we were there, they had said, you know, do we think we should stay in this location? First of all, their location there is incredibly um, efficient and productive, and it's like the second highest grossing one they have. So I said, if you put even just a little bit of investment, it could be more than your first, but also you are the last good job in this town. And if you leave this town, there is nothing left. Like this place in Fiesta Pottery, the only employers, the only restaurant in the town is a subway. And, you know, I was telling them also that just across the river in Ohio is really where you go to eat dinner. And there's this lovely Italian restaurant. Um, if I think of the name of it, we'll put it in uh, the blog post because <laughs> right. they're uh, amazing and they have the best gnocchi. Uh, but in their menu, they have a history of the area talking about the American pottery. And I just think that, you know, kind of the artisan and craftsmen of that area has been a little bit lost. And totally. so it was great to rediscover that. Well, in our Wheeling, in our Wheeling episode, what we when we went through the history, mm-hmm. part of it is that Wheeling was bought, I think, in 2002. Warm. Warwick. Mm-hmm. Whoops, sorry. Warwick in From, Wheeling. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Warwick Pottery in Wheeling. Mm-hmm. Warwick was bought in 2002, and then they shut it down in 06. And, like, mm-hmm. that's it. There's yeah. n- there's that's nothing else. Oh, yeah. like Oldsmobile. It's oh, done. Yeah. And it, there's this whole legacy and, mm-hmm. and all these people that worked there and all of these people who yeah. were skilled craftsmen in this mm-hmm. ceramic space that are no longer... Yeah. There's no longer a job for them versus the episode we did about our friend Tanya's sort of aspirational pottery in Tours, France, which is a hundred year old ceramics tradition yeah. of protected methods. Yeah. Yep. And so how very different the markets yeah. exist. Well, and I love countries. how China allows kind of these methods of pottery to be reintroduced to families. And I love Tanya's story about like her mom and being an immigrant family and serving food for 40 people. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you do that? And like, you know, to me, I was telling them when I got here, if I'm at an estate sale and there's a dish I'm connected to, I mean, it's game over. But to what me, what does that mean though? When you're, when you, what is connected to? Like you see it and you like it, or I see it and I like it. Uh-huh. You know, because not like I Grande. do not. 
I want. I, I mean, got it. I yeah. mean, Ariana. I wish I had her ponytail. But uh, <laughs> you know, when I'm, I don't love every piece of china I see. You know, I am. I little, agree to that. You know, I, I. But to me, every piece of china has a story. Like it's a memory. It's a time that a like a family spent together. It's time that friends spent together. And especially for Dan and I, who don't have family that live in Atlanta, our friends are our family. And you know, the time we spend over that, that's our life. You know, and so I think when I get someone else's piece, I'm like, this was someone else's life, and now it's part of mine, and someday it'll be someone else's, and we don't have kids, so in some ways, I'm like, ooh, which niece or nephew will be bribing us to get which set of china, you know? Which <laughs> happened to my cousin, because yeah. my mom gave the yeah. Warwick to yes. Caleb. Yeah. Um, I think also, uh, there's a little bit fun in The Hunt. Oh, God, yes. So, like, you know, maybe there is a piece of this... Uh, Malay blossom that yeah. you come across. Oh. You know, it's and a, I would it, pay a again, fortune for it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a Sorry, Dan, I would pay a fortune for it. So, yeah. so again, it's like you said, I didn't know they made this. You know, like yeah. we keep seeing, we keep laughing. We When we do research on plates, we'll yeah. see that bamboo two tier holder yeah. that they never have a picture of, yeah. but they have a drawing. Yeah. But so I think they just make it, but yeah. 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 Well, it's out I'll there, take 12. You know? Yeah, right? exactly. Because no. you need 12, everyone. You need 12. <laughs> yes. The Everybody needs their own bamboo. Yes. For, pet, for petaphors. For petaphors. Because, yeah, yes. I mean, you can only... You, can anyone eat less than seven petaphors? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we can not, try that. They, in one city, That can be episode barbaric. 12. Yes. <laughs> so, Megan, I'd like for you to bring us home... Okay. ...with your favorite dish story. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So, and do, let's, yeah. See, let's see you perfect dismount. I mean... <laughs> I mean, is there another way to dismount well? Um, but <laughs> I have a lot of a dish stories. Uh, but this one is, again, connected to my favorite human, Dan. And uh, there was a time frame when we were very newly married that I went on a long-term assignment to Hong Kong. And I found these precious ice cream bowls. And by ice cream bowls, I mean miso bowls at Cat Street Market. <laughs> they weren't and selling ice cream bowls in Asia? That, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were machi bowls, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and so I bought 12 because, again, why would you buy less than 12? And I was feeling generous in giving that day. So I said, oh, for Christmas, I will give four to my mother, four to my godmother, and I'll keep four for us. I should have kept all 12. Uh, really, I should have bought 17. Was that the first time you were like, 12 is the number? Uh, no, I've always known okay. 12 is the number. 12. So you just, you veered from it and it bit you in the ass. Yeah, I, I mean, I should have kept all 12 for myself, right. or I should have bought, you know, 36. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 36 is actually the magic number. If you're multiply by three, three people, yeah. 36 is the magic number. Uh, and it no was less than 36. A summer when we were living in our first house in Edmond Park, and the butchers and Kelly Martin and Stephanie Tobin were over and Stephanie is a maker of fine ice cream. She makes the strawberry white peppercorn balsamic ice cream that will change oh, your life. Damn. Similar to Will's fried plantains from earlier. And so I was serving up the ice cream inside. Life-changing plantain. That's so sweet. I know. I love you, Will. Recipes uh, online, folks. Yeah. Follow at my dish dish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's coming back. It's <laughs> And so Dan came in because it had been taking me a little while to scoop the ice cream. And he said, do you need help? And I looked at him and I said, I only have four of these bowls from Hong Kong, but there's six people here and these other two bowls don't really work. And he just stared at me and said, I'm going to go back outside because I thought you had an actual problem. (laughs) 
And so <laughs> clearly we aren't totally, like I said, he thinks we need two plates. Uh, so there's a slight disconnect there. Um, fast forward about seven years. We are, so Dan and I have been married for 11 and a half years. Uh, and we're in our new house in Edmond Park. And our son, Harvey, is an Australian Labradoodle that has a lot of energy. And Harvey wanted to come inside. We had just had some lovely Talente gelato in our ice cream bowls. Dan set his on the edge of kind of the counter to let Harvey in. And his napkin was kind of hanging out of it. Harvey comes in, beelines for the napkin, pulls the napkin, and the bowl falls to the floor and shatters everywhere. (gasps) Dan knows this is going to be a situation, turns to look at me. I stand from the couch, walk to our bedroom, slam the door shut, and do not speak to him the rest of the evening. (laughs) (laughs) Because he should have known that that napkin would have been a temptation for ourselves. So so whose fault was it? Um, Dan would tell you it's always his fault. Uh, uh, <laughs> because that's what love is about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's but, right. But truthfully, if you love Dan someone, is very fault. indulgent of the dish habit. Um, when I was packing up everything to come here today, Dan looked at me and said, are you getting rid of some of the dishes? And I just looked at him with the same look he gave me when I was telling him I didn't have enough of the right bowls. And I was like, ah, no, this is for my podcast. <laughs> How dare you? You I love it. And so on that note, we're going to wrap it up. But as you can tell by Megan's enthusiasm and depth of knowledge, she will be back. She will be back. And And she's promising to bring her mom and her auntie. So my mom will be here. My mother-in-law will be here. My sister-in-law, Kelly, who has an amazing Jaleska uh, berry and thread pattern for her every day <laughs> and her Picard ivory Jeez. that is stunning for she and my brother's formal china. They both appreciate the it's good It's going to be a whole holder dish podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a dish it's season. A dish <laughs> season. It's a, a dish season. Holder <laughs> season. <laughs> yes. arc. So, the holder arc. The so, holder. Yes. And so folks, if you want to be a guest on My Dish Dish, you can also write to us at Mackenzie at MyDishDish.com or Will at MyDishDish.com. And I'll let you know if you're in. Which <laughs> 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 is brutal. <laughs> she will cut Damn. you with her own porcelain. That's she right. She will cut you with but yeah. not my silver because I don't have that. I have <laughs> thoughts on those for future episodes. Ooh, future episodes. Oh. So, There's a tease. There's a tease. Future episode. episode. 25, friends. So, folks, thank you so much for spending your time with us. And, Megan, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the best day of my life, Mackenzie and Will. We are <laughs> so happy. Anytime. We were thrilled to have you. And, and we so, were thrilled yeah. to have you guys listen to our musings. We've had a delightful evening. We've had a wonderful evening so if you want to recap anything feel free to visit mydish.com you can see the pictures you can see the recipes and you can also click to listen on other podcasts so from the bottom of my heart and a full stomach and the top of my wine glass and the top of Mackenzie's wine glass the bottom of my wine glass (laughs) thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time